Welcome to Evangel Church. Our mission is to bring people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at evangelchurch.com. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us and leading us and guiding us. God is good, isn't he not? He is so good. He's so faithful. We're in a series of messages that we're kicking off today called Overflow. And uh, the Lord took away my opening illustration for you, so you got to hear that. Uh, about that, but, but the idea behind this series, can I just, just talk to you right now? I just feel God has just, we, here's what we pray whenever we start our services in the back. We say, Lord, we have made a plan. We have just put these things together, but Lord, it's your service. Holy Spirit, come and just lead and guide us. And so first service we went through, and it was really just as we had planned it, and God's in the midst of the plan, but second service, God's just up to something different. He's just kind of leading and guiding, and I just sense that from the very beginning of it, and I know it's because he has something that he wants to speak to us about collectively. You're not here by mistake. God has a purpose for that, and so I just want to share from my heart a few of the reasons why we're going into this series of messages, and it's because there are too many people, I would say, too many that are living your life, and you would define it as dry, depleted, or even defeated. I'm amazed at how many people and how many people that would even go to church regularly, like you or me. We talk about some of these ideas and the things that we've sang about. Christ is enough for me, and we sing these songs, but on the inside, we're really kind of just going through the motions. Life has gotten busy or difficult or trying. Whatever it is, there's kind of a disconnect between when you read in the Word about the life that Jesus promises for those who follow Him in the current life that you're kind of feeling right now and what you're experiencing. There's so many, I feel like you might be in a dry place, in a hopeless place, maybe even feeling like you're in a helpless place. Some of you just may feel kind of distant, just kind of numb and cold from the things of God right now. And, and you're coming and you're going through the motions. Some of you are even serving faithfully in ministry, but if you were just honest with yourself today, before you'd even be honest with me, would you just be honest with yourself and honest with the Lord that you just, you're in that place? And when I look at that, I see this picture that, that I think just comes over the world around us. And, and it's one of just being in a very dry place. We love the Lord. We know the Lord. Some haven't strayed from the Lord or committed some terrible sin. But I just, man, I just feel dry. I just, are you with me? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? You've been there before? And, and that's why I talked about these guys that are in the wilderness. And I will put up this video clip as I'm just talking about this because spiritually it's what it, what it kind of looks like for some of us. There's this part of this uh, wilderness that's in Saharan Africa, in the northern part of Africa, it's very dry. It's a place that those gentlemen that I talked about a couple minutes ago, they found themselves stranded for three weeks. And in that, it was so hot, over 120 degrees sometimes, and they just felt like they were just becoming depleted. All their life was being zapped from them. There are seasons that we'll go through in life, that we'll walk through, and there are times where you can feel like, man, everything on paper and on the surface is great. But man, like spiritually, this is where I'm at. I'm just dry. I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel as I once did. I, I don't feel that vibrancy. I don't feel that excitement. I don't feel that joy anymore. Um, I find myself more agitated. I find these things coming out of my mouth that I don't want to be saying. I find these things coming into my life that I never thought I would be doing. And so wherever you kind of find yourself on the spectrum, God's put this series of messages uh, in my heart that I believe God's going to do something special over these next three weeks because I want to tell you that the cure for a dry, defeated, and depleted life is overflow. It's the overflow that Jesus promises to every believer. And I, I believe that 
what is encompassed in that overflow is entering into the waters of baptism if you've never done that. What I believe is encompassed in that overflow is experiencing the baptism in the Holy Spirit if you have never experienced that for yourself. And so over these three weeks, we're gonna take time and we're going to just walk through this and we're gonna understand what it means from God's word to experience the overflow that is the cure for this that is the cure for a depleted life, a defeated life, where you find yourself today. If you're not where you feel you should be with the Lord right now, whatever that means, the answer is the overflow that God promises and that Jesus came and shared about. Amen? Amen. So would you open your Bibles with me? We're going to look at a couple passages of Scripture and see a couple stories, and and I want to describe kind of two people that that could be in the room today and two places that you might find yourself today. And the first one we're going to look at is in John chapter 7, starting in verse 37, and as you're turning there, before it goes up on the screen, I want to just give you a little bit of context uh, around what this passage is talking about. You see, Jesus is walking around uh, all throughout Jerusalem and throughout that very area of Israel, and as he's traveling around, he's speaking to people, he's curing diseases, he's preaching about the kingdom of God, and he has disciples that are following him. And it Different times, Jesus actually showed up and it was significant moments. Um, They were one of the feasts. There are several feasts that happen in the Jewish calendar year. And so we'd see that there are a few moments in in the Bible and in Jesus' ministry where it lines up with him being present at a feast. I mean, the most significant one is when he's being crucified during the Passover feast. He becomes the Passover lamb, just as we remembered today at communion that he took on the penalty and died for our sins. But another feast that he's at is the Feast of Tabernacles, and it's found in John chapter 7. And as he's at the Feast of Tabernacles, I want to just tell you a little bit about this feast. It commemorates the time when the Israelites were out in the wilderness. After they had been rescued out of Egypt, they're out in the wilderness or among um, the desert, and it's a place of desolation. It's a place that's dry. It's a place that's depleted, and they feel uh, just utterly hopeless as they're in that wilderness. And as they're in the wilderness... God proves himself faithful. And do you know what the answer for them is when they're in the wilderness? Living water coming from a rock. That's one of the ways that God proved himself faithful. Pay attention to that. Keep that in the back of your mind that if you find yourself in that wilderness today, the answer is the living water that God promised. He showed it back then as a a foreshadowing of what we have now in Christ. But so there was rock, uh, rock that sprung forth water. The water came out and the people of God during the Feast of Tabernacles tabernacles like a tent. What happened in the wilderness, they lived in tents in the wilderness uh, during their time, during their 40 years as they were moving towards the promised land. And so during that time, a part of the feast is that the priest would come walking in each day and he would carry this big silver basin full of water. And as he carried it in, people would line up all around him and they would go through the kind of motions of cheering as he walked through and it was meant to signify Isaiah chapter uh, 12, verse three, where it says, "Out of uh, it is with joy that we're gonna draw water out of the, the wells of salvation. And so they're just praising God and rejoicing that they have this water that God has provided and so they walk up and the, and the priest walks all the way into the temple and then he walks up to the altar of the Lord, the place of worship, and he dumps the water on there. And everyone's excited. The trumpets, just like you heard today, are blaring and blasting. Come on, someone, for the trumpets and the, the horn section. They sound good today. I was like, man, we're, we're, we're seeing this in, in full color today. And so that happens. Seven days, that happens. On the seventh day, the priest walks in. Same thing's kind of happening, but this time he walks around the altar seven times and he dumps seven big big basins full of water on the altar. 
But then it kind of gets somber in that moment because here's what they realized at that time. That's not just about what happened because that's what happened. They can get so excited about what happened, but then they had to come back to reality of what they were living in. You know what they were living in in that moment? A place of expectation. They were waiting, a place of waiting, a place of wanting, a place of wanting to experience the presence of God like they did back then. And these people in this day, they weren't experiencing the presence of God like they did back then. And so the the whole feast kind of ends on this somber note as they're remembering and they're longing, Lord, we want to see it again. Lord, we want to see your presence show up like that again. And so the people were just praying and seeking that God would make it happen again in their day. And as they're in that greatest last day of the festival, that's when this happens in John chapter 7, verse 37. Look what it says. On the last day at the climax of the festival... Jesus stood up and he shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. As scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And so a group of people that are walking through, that are there, they're clapping, they're cheering, they're kind of going through the motions, but ultimately they aren't able to experience the power and presence of God like they once did, and they're waiting on that. Here's what Jesus promised. Hey, if you're just going through the motions today, hey, if you're just, you're here and you're worshiping and you're doing it, but you're not feeling the power and presence of God, if anyone's thirsty today, have him come to me, and when he comes to me, streams of living water will flow from his heart. Do you know what Jesus promises then? Not just that he'd fill or that he would satisfy but that he would be more than enough, that there would be an overflow that would take place out of the life of someone that comes to Jesus. And so I want to tell you today, you might be in that place. You might be in that very place that they were in. You're here. You're in a place of worship. Do you know it's very, 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 very possible to be in a place of worship to God in a place like this and actually be very far from God? Do you realize it could be a place where we're coming together and we're singing the songs and lifting our hands, but you know the condition of your heart and you feel like, you know what, it's just, it's grown cold. It's grown cold. There's things that have happened in my life and my heart is, is just dehydrated. It's depleted. Something's wrong. Something's different. I don't feel what I once felt. I'm going to call that today the, the dehydrated heart. The dehydrated heart. There's just a kind of a lack of, of, you're just not sensing or feeling or experiencing God's presence as you once did. Your heart has actually become dehydrated. And I, and I put a few, a few of the kind of triggers to that. I think these are some of the symptoms of a dehydrated heart. Your tempers are more prone to flare. You become overcome with worry or guilt or fear or hopelessness or even sleeplessness, loneliness, resentment, irritability, insecurities. These things just, just kind of invade your life. And, and you know, I mean, everything on the surface seems good. Like you're showing up, you're doing stuff, maybe even you're serving in ministries, but yet you, you just realize, man, something's, something's not connected. I feel like I'm in a dry place. I feel like I'm in a hopeless place. I'm giving out a lot, but, but I feel like I need something from God today. I need to experience that. What Jesus said, I'm thirsty. That's how maybe you define, I'm thirsty. I'm thirstier than I thought I was, pastor. I'm thirstier than I, than I, I mean, I've just been going through the motions, but if you would just stop, just like Jesus stopped everyone, said stop. If you're thirsty, is anyone thirsty in the house today? If you're thirsty, come to me. Because if you come to me, I have something so much greater than what you're experiencing. I have streams of living water that'll flow out of your life. I want to give you a life of overflow, not one of dryness. That's his promise for us today. Some of us, you're there. You're right there. Now, would you turn with me? And I want to I take a look at another picture. 
Because there are a few things that can kind of cause us to be in that place of just needing to experience the overflow that God promises to believers. And that's one of them. It's just, just the circumstance of life. Maybe it's some things just have grown dull in, in, in you and you just feel like you just need that freshness of God. But others we see in the story of this woman. So there's another story. It happens in John chapter four and Jesus is there. He's traveling from one place to another throughout Israel and to get to that place, he needs to pass through Samaria. But you see, many people, they would actually go around it, but Jesus went through it. Because Jewish people and Samaritans, they didn't get, they didn't get along very well back then. Um, they were at odds with one another continually. So they, a Jewish person just wouldn't just find themselves in Samaria for any reason. But Jesus did. You know why? Because he's willing to go to great lengths to reach the one that needs him. Maybe that's why you're here today, because Jesus was willing to go to great lengths to bring you here. So Jesus finds himself there sitting at a well. It's the hottest part of the day. It's a part of the day, and I've been to countries that have wells still, and they utilize them, and that is their source of life and water and nourishment for their families. And I want to tell you, during the hottest part of the day, no one's at the well. Everyone comes to the well in the morning. Everyone comes to the well in the early evening. That's how they do it. That's how they collect it. If you are at the well at the hottest part of the day, there's a, a very good reason or a very bad reason you're there. Um, if you're going there and you are going to just trudge through all that heat, all that depletion so you can go get some water. It's kind of self-defeating. But this woman shows up at the well and she shows up and then Jesus is talking to her and we soon find out she's there because she doesn't want to be there when everyone else is there. She wants to be there when no one else is there. She's startled when she shows up and finds Jesus at the well because she's used to coming there every day at that time to fetch water. We learned this is a woman that had five husbands and was living with a man in sin that wasn't even her husband at that time. She was a woman with a reputation in a community like that. Everyone talks. Everyone knows everything about everyone, and so they knew a lot about her, maybe more than she was comfortable than showing up to a well with them. Perhaps she wasn't welcomed to come at those times. Whatever the case is, we don't know. It's not clear in Scripture, but here's what we know for sure. She shows up at the most inconvenient time for a reason. And Jesus had a divine appointment for her that day. As she shows up, not just carrying a bucket, but also carrying a life full of shame and guilt and wrong choices. She comes there because she's thirsty, but she didn't realize just how thirsty she really was, right? She didn't realize just what she really needed in that moment. It wasn't just something to sustain her for that day, but something that could change her life forever. And she shows up and she starts fetching water and Jesus says, will you give me a drink of water? And she says, why would you ask me for a drink? We, we aren't even supposed to talk to each other. And Jesus said, well, I wish you would have asked me for a drink of water. Look what he says in verse 10. Jesus answered her and said, if you knew the gift of God and who asked you for a drink, then you would have asked me for a drink and I would have given you living water. And, she's, and she says in verse 11, like, what, what are you talking about? Uh, you don't have anything to draw with. The well is so deep. How are you going to get living water? Are you greater than our, you know, than our father Jacob who, who gave us this well uh, and who, who ate from it and his sons and his flocks and everyone enjoyed it? Are you better than him? Like, what are you talking about? And then Jesus gets to the point of what he's really saying. He's really understanding and helping us understand, church, what real thirst looks like. That you could be, you could be completely saturated with water. You could have the greatest Brita in the world in your house. Come on, someone. But you could be dying of thirst today because you're not experiencing what Jesus is talking about here. He says everyone who drinks this water, yeah, it'll quench their thirst for a little while, but, but they're going to be thirsty again. But 
Whoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give him is going to become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you see the picture that happens in both of these passages? It's a picture of overflow. It's a picture of not just enough, but more than enough that wells up, that springs forth. Jesus said, this is what I have to offer you. And the woman says, is that what you're offering? I want that because I don't want to keep coming back to this well every day. I want to tell you, she was, she was tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired, sick and tired of just coming and just going through the motions and having to find something that won't fully satisfy her, not just physically, but spiritually. Come on. Some of you, you're saying, you know, I'm sick and tired of going to that well and drawing time and time again, making choices I know don't please the heart of God, but I'm going to tell you, it's the only thing right now that's quenching my thirst, and I have this thirst that isn't being fulfilled. And Jesus said, if you would have asked me for a drink, I can give you something that can set you free from that kind of thirst. I can give you something that will cause you to never thirst again, that can actually well up in you, can satisfy you so much that flows out of your life into overflow, that can change you from the inside out. And the woman said, that's what I want. And guess what happened? She experienced it, and she ran into her village, and she told others, and they came and saw as well that Jesus was the one that had living water. That well had regular water. They, he had living water that could change their lives. They said, surely this is the son of God. Many came to believe in him because of that. So we see two pictures here. I'm gonna invite Pastor Rick and the worship team to come. We see those that maybe are just going through the motions and you just feel like you're in a dry place right now. But others, you feel like your life is becoming depleted or you're even defeated. You've been drawing from a well that doesn't lead to life and you know it. You've been making choices to sin and to involve yourself in things that you know don't please the heart of God. And your prayer has been this, please, Lord, I, I just want that. I want to not have to keep coming back to this place again. I don't want to keep having to feel what I've been feeling again. In Jesus, the answer is the same if you come to me and you ask. That's what he says. He doesn't give you any hoops to jump through. He doesn't make you fill out a survey or a questionnaire. He says this, if you come to me and ask, I can give you living water. And that living water can flow out of your heart, streams of life, can stream, can flow through you in a way that wells up to eternal life. It can satisfy you in every way and even change the desires of your heart if you come to me and ask. Some of you know why Life has been dry and defeated and depleted. It's because there's an enemy. There's a thief that has come and he's been robbing you for far too long. You haven't even realized it maybe, but he's come and he's been stealing away your joy. He's been stealing away your peace. He's been taking from you. He's been causing you to fall into little traps time and again and again. And every time you're being depleted a little bit more and more, he's got you in a snare. Some of you are trapped and stuck and you don't know what you're going to do and how you're going to find freedom. Today, that's where he's at. And he has a, an, an, he, the enemy has such a, such a simple goal. Here it is. You're ready? The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. That's his goal for your life. And for some of you, you've been falling for it. He's been robbing from you for far too long. And you feel just dry, depleted, literally just depleted and even defeated. But Jesus said, I've come though. <laughs> and I've come that they might have a life and have it abundantly. Do you know what that abundant life is? It is a life, that word literally means overflowing. That you would have a life of overflow is what Jesus is talking about. A life where living water is flowing out of you. A life of abundance, a life that is saturated in the presence and the power of God. 
And I want to tell you today, no matter where you find yourself, no matter where you've been, today's the day for you to step in and experience that overflow that God has for you. So would you stand to your feet with me today? Right where you're at, I'm not going to say much more. I just want to get out of the way and I want the Lord to do a work in every heart, in every life. Are you thirsty today? Are you thirsty for more of his presence maybe? Maybe if I'm in a good place, but I'm thirsty, Pastor. I just want to experience more of what he has for me. Are you thirsty today? You've been going through the motions, but today's the day that you just say, Lord, if that's it, if it's just about me coming into your presence and just opening my heart and saying, Lord, I want more. Lord, I'm thirsty today. Lord, give me the living water that your word speaks of. Today, if you find yourself stuck and trapped in sin, the answer is the same. Come to Jesus and ask him, the Bible says, and he'll give you living water that can even set you free from shame, from guilt, from everything. It said the woman cast her, her, her bucket aside and ran free back. What if you could come in here carrying something so heavy and you could leave here free? What would that feel like? Jesus said, if anyone's thirsty, come to me and ask. So wherever you find yourself today, I'm just going to ask as we do one closing song together, Pastor Rick and the team are going to lead out. I want this to be a time of response for every single person in this room from front to back. I want you to find your place in your seat, in these aisles at this altar, and let's just cry out to the Lord together. Can we be a church together that is just thirsty for the presence and power of Christ to fill this house? Amen? Amen. Can we, church? Can we? Can we do that? I want to be at this altar. I want to be seeking what God has for me. And so let's do that right now. I'm going to begin to pray. And I want, as I'm praying, you come from balcony down. And let's just find a place at this altar. And let's close out in one song of worship, going before the Lord, giving him our all. Lord Jesus, we come to you. Lord God, we ask. Lord, we ask as a people, we ask as a church, Lord God, to experience the overflow that you've promised, Lord God. Lord, I pray for those that are in a dry place today, Lord God. Lord, I pray for those that are feeling depleted, Lord. Life and circumstances are wearing them down. Lord, I pray for those that are defeated today, Lord God, that feel bound, that feel stuck, Lord God. Would freedom reign in your house today, Lord God? We as your people cry out and we say, Lord, we're thirsty. Lord God, would you give us a fresh touch of your spirit and your power, Lord God, in our in our midst today, Lord God. Lord, we're tired of looking back to the memories of the past, Lord. We want a fresh outpouring of your power and presence in our day today, Lord God. Lord, touch us from heaven today, Lord God. Lord, fill someone's heart to overflowing again. Lord, restore joy where there hasn't been joy in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's all worship together, church. It's one closing song. Come on up to these altars and let's begin to seek the Lord together.